We had finished Genesis chapter 20 last week, kind of began Genesis 21. I think we got through the first seven verses. And who remembers what was going on in those first seven verses? Not everybody at once. What was that? Isaac was born. Yeah. And so the promised child had finally arrived. Um, Isaac was born. And what were some of the details that we kind of highlighted last week? You guys remember? Promise was fulfilled. Yeah, so we, we see on the eighth day that Isaac was circumcised, right? It was really like a miracle because they were so old. It wasn't unnatural conceiving of a child. Yeah, I mean, this, this was a miracle birth. Um, the, the age of Abraham was stressed here. How old was he? A hundred years old. How old Sarah? Yeah, she's 90. Um, and we see laughter again, right? This time, what kind of laughter is it? A joyful laughter, right? And so, you know, and a lot of this is kind of Sarah's redemption. Um, no longer will she be seen as kind of like an accursed one. But now God has blessed her with a child, and and she's she's filled with a joyful laughter. Um, yeah. Well, let's let's read a little further. Um, we're going to read verses eight through twenty-one. I don't know if we'll get through all those verses today, but we'll try. Sound good? <laughs> all right. And the child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. But Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, laughing. So she said to Abraham, Cast out this slave woman with her son, for the son of this slave woman shall not be heir with, the son, with my son Isaac. And the thing was very displeasing to Abraham on account of his son, but God said to Abraham, Do not be displeased because of the boy and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah tell, says to you, do as she tells you. For through Isaac shall your offspring be named. And I will make a nation of the son of the slave woman also, because he is your offspring. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and gave it to Hagar putting it on her shoulder along with the child and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water and the skin was gone, she put the child under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him a good way off, about a distance of a bow shot, for she said, Let me not look on the death of the child. 
And as she sat opposite him, she lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the boy. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What troubles you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Up, lift up the boy and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. And God was with the boy, and he grew up. He lived in the wilderness and became an expert with the bow. He lived in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took a wife for him from the land of Egypt. All right, so there's a lot there, and we probably won't get through it all today, but um, let's let's start out. We, We see this party going on, right? What is this party all about? Why is Abraham holding a feast? The little boy was being weaned. It does seem like an odd thing to have a feast for, doesn't it? Not really. Not really. Okay. So we got dissenting opinions here. <laughs> Weaning is not an easy process, first of all. Yeah. I don't care if it's, well, a baby being weaned is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Because there's a um, dependency that has to be terminated. Yep. And so the word weaning means an ending, actually, of one thing weaned off of onto. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like when Paul said, you can only drink milk. Yeah. You need to be eating meat. Yeah. But there, the weaning process should be celebrated, not just with the child, but anytime we're weaned from something that's keeping us from maturing. Sure. The weaning is for a child. If it isn't weaned, it, it can't mature. Yeah. And, and, and so this was a big deal, right? I think so. Um, yeah. And we don't typically celebrate that in our, our culture, right? <laughs> it just... Some do. Some do. But, you know, back then this was, it was kind of like, you know, in, in, in life there's always kind of these steps that we celebrate, right? Um, kind of, uh, you know, a child turns five and he goes to school for the first time. Or... Takes first steps. Yeah, takes first steps. Um, you know, the first birthday party. That's usually a big celebration. Um, the child doesn't remember it, but the parents do. Um, and, you know, you turn 16, you can drive. That's a big deal. You know, you turn 18, you can vote. Turn 21, you can drink, right? Um, and... There's just, you know, you get married. Um, there's all these stages in life uh, that we celebrate. They're milestones. They're milestones. And so this is a marker that, that was celebrated in their culture. Um, and so this is what's going on here. And typically, 
uh, a child would be weaned anywhere probably between the ages of two and three, uh, around that, around that time. Um, and so this is what's going on. That means if, say, Isaac was three years old, well, how old would Ishmael be then? Sixteen. Sixteen. He was thirteen. Well, maybe seventeen. He was thirteen when when God came to Abraham and told him that a year later. So he would have been yeah, like seventeen, I think. Yeah, sixteen or seventeen, depending on how old Isaac was. Um, and so he isn't like this young child. Um, and what do we see going on in this party? Sarah gets pretty mad. Yeah, Sarah's mad. Why is she mad? Ishmael's the issue. Ishmael's the issue. What was Ishmael doing? Just, just presence. He was laughing, right? Yeah. So we see another kind of laughing, right? Laughing seems to be a big theme over these few chapters that we're in. And so earlier when God had told Abraham that he was going to have a son through Sarah, he laughed. His was a laughter of doubt. Same with Sarah when she heard. It was a laughter of doubt. When Isaac came, Sarah laughed again. This time it was a laughter of joy. And now we see laughing with with Ishmael, and it's a laughter of kind of mocking and derision. Does that make sense? Um, and so... The weaning process for a mother and child is a freedom thing. It's, it's hard on the mother and it's hard on the child, yeah. but it means freedom. That child is no longer attached to his mother's presence constantly. Yeah. And now there's a something going on that Ishmael sees that makes him laugh. Yeah, why do you think Ishmael is laughing this way? Well, there there may have been a, a notion in Ishmael Ishmael that he could maybe even get him home, or who knows? But it wasn't a good, whatever made him laugh like that was a party. party. Yeah, yeah. My, my guess is there was some element of jealousy within Ishmael. Because he, for 13 years, 14 years, he was Abraham's son. He was the heir. Mm-hmm. Um, but God has changed that, and now that Isaac has come into the picture, he's no longer as special as he once was. Um, and so there's, you know, and, and it may have been, you know, he's 16, 17 years old. He's like, you know, why are you guys making a big deal? You know, this kid's two or three years old, and he hasn't done anything special. You're weaning him. And they probably had not had a celebration over Ishmael's meaning. But you would remember a two or three year old. You don't remember. Yeah. 
They may have done it for Ishmael. They may have. We, we don't know. Um, so Sarah sees this, and what does Sarah want to do? Send them away, cast them out. Mm-hmm. Seems a bit harsh, doesn't it? Get rid of. Why is Sarah being so harsh here? What's, what's that? Jealousy. Jealousy. She's had enough. She's yeah. had enough. Yeah, she's had enough of their presence. Whose idea was it? For Ishmael to even be? It was Sarah's. It was Sarah's, right? It was her gift. (laughs) Yeah. And and so, yeah, there's a lot of irony going on in here, isn't there? Um, You know, this, this supposed problem that Sarah has, she caused it. And yet she she wants to cast the slave woman and her son out. And what what is her reasoning behind it? The whole heir thing. The whole heir thing, right? She doesn't want Isaac to share the inheritance with Ishmael. Um, And so... It seems a threat. Yeah. It's as though as long as he's here and acknowledged to be the son, there's a threat. Yeah. And maybe she senses something that Abraham doesn't. Um, but, but we'll definitely see what's going on here in a little bit. In verse 11, how, how does Abraham respond to Sarah's request? Yeah, he's not happy, right? No. And why why wouldn't he be happy? It's still his son. It's still his son, right? And so he he loves Ishmael. Yeah, thirteen years worth of Yeah. And so it wasn't Ishmael's fault. You know, I mean he wasn't at fault for what no. No. Yeah. It's it, it wasn't his fault. Um, and, and so he's not he's not happy. He's not happy with Sarah and what she wants. And yet God intervenes. What does God do? Talks to talks to Abraham. Talks to Abraham. What does God tell Abraham? He, he does make that promise, but what does he say before that? Be not displeased. Yeah, be not displeased because of the boy and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you. For through Isaac shall your offspring be named. So God's telling Abraham, listen to Sarah, all right? Listen to what she wants. Why would God do this? Because he knows the bigger picture. He knows the whole thing. He knows the bigger picture. 
Did, does this seem cruel on God's part, especially to Hagar and to Ishmael? No, why not? Because he's getting to share into a blessing with the nation that blessed him. Ishmael. Yeah. So, not really. If God's going to bless you like that, I guess it doesn't seem like it's hurting me. But, but he is telling Abraham to cast him out. Yeah, so you get to start anew. God, it would feel hard. I think it would. I think it would feel harsh. Almost like a witness protection program. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's true. It's true. It's yeah. God seeing that as long as Ishmael and Isaac and Hagar and Sarah were in the same household, there was not. There, it was going to be stressful. There wasn't yeah. going to be a peaceful coexistence. And so God has what God always has. He he does have a better plan, yeah. Go ahead. Just if you're under that plan, it's like being under grace and protection. Exactly. And so on the surface level, yeah, I, I do admit it seems harsh, but like yeah. to be able to be a part of something that God has commanded you to do is uh is I, I just I guess I take comfort in that more so than anything else. Yeah. But here's the thing is God's speaking to Abraham, he's not speaking to Hagar or Ishmael. Right. Right? And so they're not privy to this information. Um, and so it, what's interesting is I, I, I think that because the casting about, the, especially the way Abraham's about to do it, is significant. Because when he casts him out, he, he gives Hagar what? Bread and water. Bread and water. That's it. It's not much. That was symbolic in nature as well during that time. It, it was a casting out of the household. Um, it, it's one thing to send them off with treasures and, you know, a flock. Like when, when Lot left, you know, Lot had his own herds. And, um, but now he, you know, you, you get some water, you get some bread. You're out of here. Yeah. Yeah, it isn't long term, and it what it was communicating is that you're no longer a part of this household. That's what it meant. That's what it meant. It was a true casting out, um, and it also communicated you're not part of the inheritance. If that makes sense. And so this is what's going on here. It has to do with the inheritance. The whole inheritance is going to go to Isaac. None of it is going to go to Ishmael. And that's why Abraham does it in the way he does it. Um, Do you think there was a Yeah, I mean, there had to be. Yeah, so God made a promise. God made a promise to Abraham, and so far God's been on point with all his promises. And so Abraham might have thought he was actually placing Hagar and Ishmael into the hands of God's plan. Well, he was. Yeah. um, But it still had to be tough for Abraham to do this. I mean, this is his son of 
13, you know, 16 years, right. however old he was. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a difficult thing to do. Um, it's not a kind thing to do. Um, what I see going on here is because we are in a fallen world, because we are a fallen race, we deal with issues, right? We deal with sin. Um, and yet God, however he does it, he works through our sin to bring about his greater good. Does that make sense? And we see this in Jesus, right? I, there was no greater sin than when he, he was cast upon that cross. Because we took an innocent man and murdered him. You know, it, it's, there, there's sins committed every day. There's murders committed every day. Um, Yet, all the mur all those murders happen to sinful people, and so even though it's not good, it's not as great of a sin as the the murder of someone who's innocent. Does that make sense? Um, and yet, God was able to use that for His greater purposes, and so God allows. Sarah's plan to take place, even though it's not made in kindness, it's not made, you know, it's, it's made out of jealousy, it's made out of maybe a little bit of protection, right? You know, I want to protect my son um, from this other boy who's laughing mockingly at him now. Um, but God is able to work through those things. And we do see the promise in verse 13, and I will make a nation of the sons of the slave woman also, because he is your offspring. Yeah, I see this as a kindness. I see mm -hmm. even though she's going to receive just bread and water, mm -hmm. she's going to find out that that was enough because God brought yeah. him. And I see the kindness of casting them out in that both Hagar and Ishmael will have a life mm -hmm. free of torment, at least free of this kind of torment. Yeah. A home where they were despised. Yeah. So I see it as a kindness. There, there is a kindness there in, in God's plan. Um, at the moment, it's hard to see it, though, right? If you put yourself in Hagar's shoes, if you put yourself in Ishmael's shoes, that's very hard to see right now. That's the point. Yeah. You see, that's the point. When we have it the hardest, mm -hmm. when we then see God's hand working on our behalf, it makes the blessing the more real and tender. Mm -hmm. So the hardship sometimes has to come before sure. we recognize the good in it. Yeah. 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 And what, what's interesting about this, too, is this, this is all tied in with the covenant of God, right? The covenant that he made with Abraham. And that covenant was to, 
was that through his heir, all nations would be blessed, right? Um, and so the promise, it's not, it's not just about inheritance, it's about the promise as well. The promise is going to go through Isaac and not through Ishmael. Does that make sense? Um, and when you follow, follow the lineage, uh, the lineage of Christ goes through Isaac. Well, when we read a little further, we, we see that verse 15, right? Um, or verse 14, Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water, gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder along with the child and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. Now, where's Beersheba? Does anybody know? Who's our ancient geography buff in this church? Do we have one? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a wilderness. It's kind of like the Sinai Peninsula between Egypt and the Promised Land. Um, and so this is where she's. Where is she heading? If she's in Beersheba, where is she? She wants to go back to Egypt. Why does she want to go back to Egypt? She's Egyptian. She's Egyptian, right? Remember, she came from when Abraham traveled into Egypt, lied about his wife, remember, the first time. Um, and he left with goods and servants, and one of the servants was Hagar. Um, and so she's she's going back home. You know, if... If I'm rejected from this family, maybe my old family will take me back. Um, does she make it to Egypt? No. No. Not right away. <laughs> yeah, not right away. What what happens? They run out of bread and water. Yeah, they eat up all the bread. The water's gone. And they're out in the middle of nowhere. It's interesting the way the way it's worded here. You know, she put the child under one of the bushes. I mean, how old is Ishmael? Yeah, the the way it's kind of written is like you almost think he's like three or something, right? But he's he's like sixteen years old. Um, <laughs> but. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he pretended to take sips so his mom would drink more. I don't know. There you go. Yeah, we don't know what happened. Um, but he's he's down and out, and so he's lying under a bush. Where does she go? A good way off. A bow shot away. A bow shot away. That's a good way off. Yeah. Why, why is she going a bow shot away? She doesn't want to see him die. Yeah, she doesn't want to see him die. That's also foreshadowing, the bow shot. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and we'll see that, you know, because we, we find out a little later that he grows up to be an expert with a bow, right? Um, but, yeah, 
let me not look on the death of my child. And so they're, they're in desperate, desperate need right now. Yeah. Right? Um, no more water, no more food. Last Her son's dying. Yeah. Um, here comes God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. here comes God, right? Yeah. Verse 17, it says, And God heard the voice of the boy, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven. Who did God hear? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he heard the voice of the boy. Was Hagar crying? Yeah, Hagar was crying out too. But God heard the voice of the boy. Why is he hearing the voice of the boy? He's the offspring of Abraham. But back in verse 13, he says, And I will make a nation of the son of the slave woman also, because he is your offspring. And so because he is Abraham's offspring, God's grace is being poured out to him. God's favor is being shown to him. You guys see that? And so God's protection is upon this boy. Yeah, they were never meant to die in Beersheba. No, they're never meant to die there. Um, and and it, it's, it's interesting because we, we go throughout Scripture and we... You know, you think about Moses at the burning bush and God speaking to Moses, I have heard the cry of my people. Um, Here he's hearing the cry of Ishmael. And so there is is a, a connection because he is Abraham's offspring that God is listening to him. Who, who, yeah, go ahead. Because there's Isaac's. Oh, yeah. You know, so this is like last resort. Looks like it's here, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then God provides. Yep. It's like a foreshadowing. Yeah, it is foreshadowing what will happen to Isaac a little later. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I find interesting here is that, you know, God hears the voice of the boy. He hears the voice of the child of Abraham. Who, who are the children of Abraham today? We are, right? Those who come by faith mm-hmm. through the blood of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so when Christ came, he, God's kingdom expanded, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, when, when John the Baptist was in the wilderness and he, he, he said to the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you know, you know, don't tell me that you are children of Abraham, you know, because God can raise up children of Abraham out of these rocks. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it's, it's not just about your bloodline, but it's about whose blood was shed for you. 
And so even today, God hears the voice of his, of his people, of the children of Abraham, those who are the true children of Abraham. You guys believe that? I do not. Yeah? Yeah. And so prayer is important. You know, prayer is very, very important. Um, it's probably, we probably don't do it enough. You know, I don't know your prayer life. I know mine, though. I know I don't do it enough. Um, There's an old expression by a Puritan that says, if we better knew our hearts, we'd be more on our knees. Yeah. In prayer. Yeah. But, it, but it's, it's comforting, isn't it, to know that God will hear your voice when you call out to him? Mm. And it's not because of who you are, but it's because of whose child you are. Mm. Well, we are over time, so we'll, we'll end there, and we'll continue on with this story in a little bit. We'll see next week how God rescues him. Um, but just keep that in mind this week as you're going throughout your day, going throughout your week, whatever comes your way, you can always lift your voice to God, and he will hear you. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for the example that we have in Ishmael and Hagar, that even though they were cast out, you didn't cast them out. They, they were still a part of your plan. And that when they cried out, when Ishmael cried out, you heard his voice. And Lord, we pray that you would continue to Hear the voice of your people even today as we cry out to you. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.